0: Welcome to Coffee with Phil where we have unfiltered, unscripted, and sometimes challenging or provocative conversations on what it means to be Zion people and our relationship with God and with each other. My name is Eugene and I have the great honor of sitting with our Senior Pastor, Senior Pastor of Zion, Phil Strong, and leading this series of conversations. So we're talking, still I want to go back into the anchor of this, com- of this part of the conversation, and we're talking about the move into freedom. And so that means we're moving from something that is not freedom, which we may have thought was our life, and not understanding what freedom is. So help, help me understand the, 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 the captivity yeah. that so we live in our life without that freedom. The captivity is
1: easy. The captivity is thinking we're in control.
0: Because hmm. that's all we've done. That's, that's what we've done for yeah, what 20, 30, for. Yeah, 40 yeah, yeah. But years. But it's
1: also the human nature. Hmm. Back to Adam and Eve, you know, God designed mankind in his image hmm. uh, with the ability to control, but he designed mankind to be submitted to God's control. Hmm. And right from the beginning, the temptation was successful because the the, uh, the serpent touched on the one thing that man had in him that God asked him not to use, mm. the ability to control, knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Mm. And uh, we're no different. We're, we're from the same seed of Adam, and therefore our nature is to seek control. Mm. And the redemption by which we are transmitted into the seed of the second Adam, being our spiritual rebirth through Jesus Christ, is the death of that seed. Mm. So the journey from freedom whilst salvation might be instant progressive freedom means we must continue to put to death every day our desire to conform back to the seed of Adam being in control and then submitting and yielding ourselves to the seed of the second Adam being Jesus whereby God is in control mm. not my will but yours be done
0: yeah yeah and and, and Jesus is a model for that because it was compressed inside a short period of time but, you know, he'll say, hey, I don't want to do this, mm. Father, but That's your right. will, yeah. not mine. Yeah. All right Now, that, that leads us to some, a subject that you, you've you talked to us as a team about um, uh, numerous times over the last 12 months. And that is the tunnel of change. That, wow, that yeah. All right. Uh, I'd like you, because in the move from captivity to freedom or the move from uh, where we are now, nothing to freedom or stationary to freedom, whatever we want to call that. In that move, you've actually got um, some things happening. There's a compression going on. There's, a, there's pressure. There's a tightening. It's not always f- uh, the move to freedom. It's not always free-flowing. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about that tunnel of change.
1: Yeah. So I first learned this from Dr. Lance Walnau, uh in the U.S. when we studied under his teaching. And he would say this. He would say, change or transition? Uh, is a process by which you think that it feels like hell, but you know God is in it. And uh, and he's talking about a journey from A to B, Mm -hmm. from uh, the genesis of the promise or the giving of the promise into the realization of the promise. Uh, Or it could just be from one season to another, you know. And he calls it the tunnel of change or the tunnel of transition. And it just looks like a squeezing through a narrow path So it usually has a wide opening because we love the idea of the promise and we want to run towards the promise. So the opening is wide and we gleefully enter the process, clicking our heels and clapping our hands and singing hallelujah, God is good, he's given us a promise. We run into the tunnel of transition and then we get into the tight, twisting, constrained part. Uh, This is where external forces are putting pressure on us uh, mostly, in my opinion, God ordained in order that we would be prepared to carry the promise on the other side. You know, the thing about um, Joseph and his preparation for the palace through the pit, through part of his house and through the prison, is Joseph was being prepared to carry the promise. Hmm. You know, God always said, this is what will happen, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars will bow down. Joseph, you will be elevated to this great lofty position. He believed it, but he was young, he was arrogant, he was naive, and God had to prepare him to carry the promise. Mm. And that's what mm. the tunnel of transition does. It prepares us, shapes us, and matures us in a way that God knows is necessary for the magnitude of the promise that he yeah. is walking us into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is it comfortable? No. Uh, does it make you feel like you're in hell and want to scream? Yes. Uh, do we sometimes doubt the promise? Yeah. Uh, Lance, um, he, he he jokes and he draws us as Lance does on his whiteboard. And he says, glory, hallelujah, the Pentecosts get the promise and they, they clap and they move in the spirit and they run into the tunnel. And when it gets tough, they exit the tunnel and go back and ask God for a new promise. <laughs> And God gives them the same promise and they glory, hallelujah, run into the tunnel and it gets tough and they exit the tunnel and want a new promise. And uh, he jokes, but you know, what he's saying is don't doubt the promise. If you Mm. had the conviction in the first place to get into the tunnel, Mm. then hold on to this That's why I say, what do I do? I go outside and look at the stars. Yeah. Because that's all Abraham could do. Yeah. Doesn't matter how often a week, how many times a week he slept with his wife, there's no baby. Mm hmm And yet he believed. And as he said. God said, look at the stars, count them, and as numerous as you see will be your descendants. It's the same for us. In the tunnel of transition, we need to stop and look at the stars and say, God, I have a conviction beyond any doubt that this is the promise you gave me. I will hold on to this promise, fully dependent on you being the one who can bring it to fruition. Hmm. And I think that's his greatest aim in the tunnel, Hmm. that we would fully yield and find freedom, which is dying fully, to his control, his timing, in order that he gets the glory for the great things he does.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And there is a, there seems to be a, a series of, well, often we'll often say the word attack very loosely. So I'm not going to use that word. Just a series of confrontations that are coming in against um, the church, the people, not the building, the people. Uh, and this particular season of in the tunnel In the change and and, and it's coming in different forms as mm. it as it comes against us mentally, mm. emotionally, mm. some spiritually, some mm. physically, some mm. financially. Mm. And um, as we close out this particular series of conversations, I'd, I'd like you to talk a little bit about um, some of the some of the um, the things that you've been talking about to us here uh, as a as a family. On like on Sunday and on Sunday night, you were talking about the breaking free, breaking free, breaking through to this new season that God has for us. Um, just some of the some of the comments you were talking about about Pentecost and and our our inheritance in that and who we are in uh, as, as as God's children at this particular time. Pentecost is a great great time that Jubilee that restoration that be, that belongs to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm yeah, well, again, to finish the picture of the tunnel of transition, uh, as Lance would draw it on his whiteboard, it has a wide opening where we gleefully run into it, having received a promise. It has a constrained middle where the pressures, as you say, or the attacks or the obstacles or the confrontations, are pressing in on us. you know though we are pressed in on many sides, we must prevail. Um, but he also draws it with a wider opening at the other end. and uh, whilst I don't have explicit experience in childbirth from a personal experience, although I was once delivered as a child through that <laughs> process, I uh, don't remember that experience, uh, and I certainly haven't given birth to a child, but um, the delivery process um, you know, involves a, a presentation and a crowning and then a, an eventual delivery. And I feel like it's like that with God, mm. you know, um, we see a change of season when the when the buds come out at the end of winter and we know spring is imminent. You know, we see the color of green as the buds change to leaves on the tree. Uh, again, it's the same with a baby coming. It's yeah. the same with God's promises. Yeah. You know, breaking through by breaking out. Um, again, not to be gross, but the, the, the birth of a baby is just the best example of that. Um, emergence of God's promises. Uh, reveals new identity. There's a. There's a, obviously this, this new baby that's coming, mm, mm. Uh, with features, identity, personality, and characteristics, and potential. Same with God's promise. Yeah. You know, your breaking out is about the realization of something new to behold, and the joy that comes with it, and the potential that comes with it, and the new journey that starts because of it. Mm. I mean, that's key. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot in that, but there's certainly a lot to chew.
0: You have been listening to Coffee with Phil, where we have unfiltered, unscripted, and sometimes challenging and provocative conversations. Until next time, I'm Eugene. Thanks for joining us.